0: Please listen carefully.
1: Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On this episode, we're joined by Nick Drake, director of NC State's Jeffrey Wright Military and Veteran Services to discuss how private support enables our military-affiliated students to think and do. Thanks so much for joining us today, Nick. To kick things off, just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and what brought you to NC State. Yeah, great. Thanks, Taylor, for having me. Um,
0: so again, my name is Nick Drake. I have the privilege of serving as the director of Jeffrey Wright Military and Veterans Services here at NC State. Um, we are now in year seven. So next month it will be seven years new, as we like to say. Um, but I've been here at the university just shy of 10 years. Uh, so I originally came in here with University Recreation, now Wellness and Recreation. Worked in the fitness area for quite a few years, have a sport background. Um, But prior to that, I mean, I guess even during that time, I served in the military, so got into the uh, U.S. Army Reserves in 2000, right before the Bush-Gore election, served roughly 10 years enlisted, uh, did a couple deployments, Iraq being the the culminating one in 2008, Um, and it really led me into the higher education field at that point in time when I came back attending grad school, getting into recreation. And then ultimately led me here in 2014 as the assistant director of fitness and wellness. And then uh, from the end of the th- 2016 till now, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with our nearly 2,400 military
1: connected students here at State. That's great. And it sounds like a perfect blend of your background and uh, expertise coming into the role, too. I think that was the, the easiest transition,
0: right? So, um, you know, being here in fitness and wellness, they kind of have their, their fingerprint on a lot of things around campus, especially nowadays with, with wellness being such an integral part of, of the success of our student body here at NC State, uh, that I had the opportunity to, to meet a lot of folks here at campus already and start building out those networks. So it really was a natural transition going from that role here, uh, where a lot of those folks really are involved in, in helping make sure our students are successful. So what all is involved with your current role? Yeah, so, as the director, um, we actually, and I, I think I can probably get into this story just a little bit later, but we just expanded our staff for the first time. So, uh, we got a full time coordinator, uh, Lucretia King. She started in August, so right in the the hustle and bustle of the the start of the, the semester. Um, but previously, up until that time, our office really was established, and myself being the the flagship and the the only full time staff member was to ensure that we help students that are transitioning out of military service help them successfully come into the university so part of that is just advising on competitive requirements whether i apply as a first-year student whether i come in as a transfer student and if i'm a transfer what does that look like Um, and then ultimately once we get them to the university it's that transition piece Um, i'll probably mention this later on but the military And civilian culture really do run 180 to one another. So what I mean by that is, you know, in a military, you're kind of given a right and left limit. You're not told how to do it, uh, but you're given a timeline and you always have a chain of command and someone that's responsible or you can go to to ask questions. Whereas here on a college campus, especially something as big as NC State, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing exactly what offices do what and who's in charge of what can be very daunting. Uh, You know, it goes back to if I don't show up for class and I'm in a 300-person class. Uh, Does anyone notice? You know, military, you notice. Here it's, you know, just move along and kind of figure it out yourself. Um, And then ultimately, once they're here, uh, we want to help them persist to graduation, so a lot of different programs, activities throughout the year, community engagement, community building type things we'll do, and then ultimately, what does that transition look like for specifically the 850 veterans that we have here at any given semester, any given year, I should say. Those are the students that we're really trying to help get connected to um, corporations and mentors and things like that outside of NC State so that they can start building out that network and, and finding you know, meaningful
1: careers and employment. Mm-hmm. You mentioned 850 and then uh, a little earlier, 2400 students. NC State is very proud of its military ties. Uh, talk a little bit about the history of uh, how that all came about and why your unit is so important. Absolutely, Taylor. I'll well, start there at the 2,400. So, uh,
0: here uh, currently at the, at the university, we have just shy of 2,400 military-connected students. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? So, 850, roughly, they self-identify through the application process or later on, once they're here through MyPack portal, they, they will self-identify as either a current service member, meaning they're on active duty, their National Guard or Reserve. Or they've completely separated from service meaning they've fulfilled their their service obligation or have retired from a service and then we have an additional 1500 that self-identified through that same process as either being a child of a veteran or a spouse of a veteran so again how we serve those populations is going to look quite different now getting back kind of the history piece of it um, I always remember Admiral Suggs. So, Benny Suggs, he was a long time, uh, you know, 10 years lifetime wolf packer, loves the wolf pack. If you've ever talked to Benny, uh, you'll know and you'll feel it from him. Um, but he always used to say you know, he, when he as he'd give speeches that. Uh, NC State has graduated more flag and general officers than any four-year institution in the country outside of those that have a Corps of Cadets or those service academies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think of uh, West Point and Annapolis and things like that. So that's pretty impressive in its own right. Uh, you know, tying back to World War One, we're one of the few college campuses that have a, a living memorial on campus. So again, we have the Memorial Bell Tower that was dedicated to honor those uh, NC State Wolfpackers that lost their life uh, defending our freedom in World War One. Uh, so the history dates back quite, uh, you know, quite a long ways. And then lastly, I think I would be remiss if I didn't share, So I told you I'd been here about 10 years. Um, some really good friends and colleagues, still good friends and colleagues. They, they tailgate, obviously, for the games down there at uh, Carter-Finley. And it was my very first game. And I'm an SEC guy. I mean, I came from a lot of SEC schools, so I'll put that out there. Uh, but I came here, and uh, the band was going through, and they started playing what I thought was the Army song. I mean, it is legitimately the same. It's the, the Red and White song oh. here at NC State. The same melody and everything, and I later found out through uh, Lieutenant General Bulger here in the history department, he's retired um that it was in fact the same artist that had done that the what? rendition it's just a sped up version for nc state okay. compared to the army version so i was not wrong wow. but i was not right either <laughs> so and then of course you know our, our rotc programs are second to none in the country just phenomenal output of you know i mentioned it earlier top-notch officers
1: and leaders in our you know in our u.s military which is quite impressive
0: yeah
1: so Jeffrey Wright, Military and Veteran Services, obviously very important in helping support our current military-affiliated students. But just as the name suggests, it's also supported and helped by our military-affiliated alumni as well. Talk a little bit about the gift that led to that naming and just the overall support that our alumni provide. Yeah, so you mentioned it. I mean, you nailed it out of the park. Jeff and Kelly are phenomenal,
0: Um, just great people in general. And, you know, coming in here as a director, I always moved from an assistant director in recreation where you have the cover and then you're all of a sudden in a director role. And I think it was, it was February timeframe of 2017. Mm-hmm. I was brand new director, I think three months onto the job, was invited to the chancellor's reception for a Military Appreciation Day basketball game okay. over at PNC Arena. And this is the moment in time where I had met Jeff and Kelly and didn't even know it. You know, it's like you're going and you're meeting a lot of people in the room. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, you know, first time being in that environment. And um, they've worked and and been close, had a close relationship with Alan Taylor here at the university. And Alan had reached out to me shortly after that time talking about or introducing Jeff's background. And, you know, a 1991 alum here Naval ROTC program. Um, very passionate about uh, what we're doing here at the university and this being a new opportunity uh, because again new unit and it's an opportunity to support military connected students and their success here at NC State Uh, so that led to uh, some more in-depth conversations with Jeff and Kelly and it led to uh, Veterans Day 2018 Jeff and Kelly had given their first significant gift which really was the spearhead to what we have today that you know, hopefully we'll get to talk about here in a few minutes. Um, they established a $250,000 endowment at that time and it was they were doing matching gifts to help build up our Enhancement Fund okay. and our Enhancement Fund is what helps us fuel all of our programs mm-hmm. and, and events and things like that for our, for our student population. So I really do put a lot of credit, uh, give a lot of credit to Jeff and Kelly. Um, because that really is kind of what's gotten us to where we're at today. I don't, I don't think we'd be in the same, I know we
1: wouldn't be in the same, you know, the same position if we didn't have them or met them at that point in time. Feel free to keep going. How did that original endowment gift lead to the naming gift? Yeah. So, so we talked about the original one in, in 20, you know, 2018, um,
0: in 2021, twenty uh, one so Jeff and Kelly uh, officially named uh, military and veteran services So it then became uh, named Jeffrey Wright military and veteran services. So Jeff and Kelly gave a 1.15 million dollar uh, Gift for that naming right and that now we're seeing I mentioned Lucretia King our new mm-hmm. coordinator Those are the fruits of those, you know, those gifts so um, Right now, I think when that's fully endowed, it's going to kick off enough money that's going to support the most of the salary for that. But up until that point, we had used that for um, orientation type programs. So as students, again, transition in, we talked about the importance of, you know, entering into a college from service. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of community building. So, for instance, this November... Military Appreciation Day game. We also couple it with a tailgate. The intent there is to not only invite students, but it's faculty and staff and also alums of the program or veteran alums that are coming back to help build out that network and that community. And then throughout the year, we do a lot of different programs where we connect with employers. We just got done with two whole vet events, which is a nonprofit working in the career transition um, area. Uh, so again, we've we've had you know 50 plus turnout for those events, and they're meeting with future employers and, and those that can help mentor them in specific fields and stuff like that. And then ultimately, once they graduate, uh, it's getting them uh, reconnected through the alumni association. But we'll do uh, a ceremony and a graduation recognition for them and their families and things like that. And then lastly, I think this is probably a big piece. Uh, this year, we're actually in the process of finishing up a $100,000 renovation and upgrade of furniture in the, the uh, mil- Jeffrey Wright Military and Veteran Services space. So what this project's allowing us to do, it's allowing us to grow, because not only do we have Lucretia and myself, but we also, under the umbrella of Military and Veteran Services, we have our two colleagues from Registration and Records, Kyle Snyder and Elisa Weatherby are going to be joining us in that space so that we can create kind of a one-stop feel for all of our military connected students okay great so the project's allowing us to fit four professional staff in that space mm. but also give back over 200 square feet to the students so oh, wow. we're able to create some pods and it's kind of cool uh-huh. yeah yeah previously we've just kind of had it's kind of an awkward space it worked very well for us but it was awkward with a lot of okay. bulky office spaces so we kind of did something that made a little bit more sense and in shorten them up a little bit and then we're able to give back some collaborative spaces and things like that to oh, the I love students.
1: That. How, yeah. I love how even things like that ultimately come back to benefit the military-affiliated students and then also you mentioned earlier not just helping with the transition from military life to college life or even just helping them succeed while they're here at, in college but uh, that postgraduate life too you know really making connections between uh, career opportunities for them uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah. So, well, if you
0: look at the national data too, especially for the transition out of military service to a university setting or just mm-hmm. civilian life in general, uh, career workforce, whatever it may be, there's a lot of research in that area showing like the issues and the challenges that that veterans, specifically veterans face. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've found out, is that here at NC State, the uniqueness of our university being a STEM institution, um, having more competitive transfer requirements. Mm -hmm. A lot of our veterans that are transitioning in have been taking either classes while they've been on active duty. So they've been taking one or two a semester for the last couple of years. So they're at least getting a familiarity with how to succeed or how to be a successful student. Or they're separating and then they're going to like a junior college route where, again, that that's a great stepping stone because mm-hmm. the, the junior colleges and that, you know, I always put a plug in for the UNC system office and our UNC system community college office in particular because they're great partners that they do a phenomenal job teaching to the 16 year old like pre-college student that's still in high school to the 80 year old lifelong learner and everywhere in between that a lot of times that's just a natural transition for our veterans mm-hmm. too. that are older, not even tend to be older, but are. Like our average age veteran here is 31. Okay. Um, A lot of them tend to be married or have partners. Uh, Some of them have children. They have uh, part-time jobs that they're still doing. So for instance, a lot of our our folks um, are still living in the Fayetteville area. So at Fort Liberty, they transition out of service. They already have a mortgage and a house. They're married. They have kids. Kids are in school. So it's easier for them to kind of suck it up and make the travel down here to nc state so you can see that non-traditional piece really poking through that how we would program for these you know these students is going to be much different than we would program for our maybe let's call it our children of veterans that are traditional age living on campus that are here all the time it's going to look much different how we do programs for those different you know those different groups but what we found here at NC State, getting back to the original part of the question, was um, that transition piece once they're here, how do I get into the career field that I wanna be in? Because a lot of veterans, they're very, you know, I'm a veteran myself, and, you know, I, I think of like, we're very regimented in our way. We know we've gotta go to A to B and we're not gonna be stopped. That's mm-hmm. part of what we wanna do is, how do we check the box to get where we need to be? So some of them come in here into this environment, and you know, let's for instance say that they're taking you know an MBA, uh, MBA degree program, and they already have a particular field in mind because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. But while they're here, our office, we try to help do that. We try to get them involved with the Career Development Center and other nonprofits working in this space to kind of broaden their network a bit to understand that what they don't know mm. um, exists out there, that it could be a possibility, right? So there's companies and fields that, you know, they weren't even thinking about and now
1: they're working in those fields yeah. because of it, right? And like you mentioned earlier, not just telling them that possibilities exist, but really putting them in touch with employers and making those connections. Yeah. I mean, we found that we just had uh uh, Brian
0: Pazulo. Brian Pazulo is a perfect example. He's on campus yesterday. Brian came in here, went to Wake Tech, got out of the, the Marine Corps probably around 2014. Okay. Started at Wake Tech, came over here to NC State, did his bachelor's degree, worked in our office, and then he stayed and did his MBA. But Brian is a perfect example that I like to use because anytime we hosted stuff, Brian whether he was interested or not was always there okay. and you know from that he built out a connection with Deloitte and he's been working with Deloitte now for the last three four years whatever it's been and he's moved up but now he's like paying it or giving it back right he's here at NC State meeting with the students and those type of groups want to hire veterans, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and in a lot of cases, as long as you have the piece of paper, the degree, Mm -hmm. they can mold you or they can get you set up for success in those areas. So what they're looking to do is get students two or three years out from graduation, not the typical career hiring fairs that you see, not saying they're not great, they True. absolutely serve a purpose, but the intent behind what we're trying to do is build that network so it's kind of an informal interview process over a two or three year period of time okay. so that way they already know what their transition plan is once they're leaving NC State and hey, I'm going to work for Deloitte or I'm mm-hmm. working for ARA or you know, Google or whatever it's gonna be, mm-hmm. they already kind of have an idea. So it's not showing
1: up and just throwing paper out on the table and hoping something sticks, right? True. We're really trying to plan that out intentionally. You mentioned how brian was paying it forward how are some of the other military affiliated alumni giving back to the university as well oh absolutely
0: so we are uh we have an enhancement fund that's established here and i can tell you we've had a lot of great success and again going back to jeff and kelly Mm -hmm. in 2018 when that was you know really in its first year um over that time we've had money that has just kind of rolled in there that's been passive and we've had some that we've we've done specific campaigns uh, that have been targeted. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, we have one upcoming on starting November first, running through Veterans Day. Okay. We're doing a crowdfunding project, and really the intent behind that is to help replenish some of those funds so we can continue programming at high, you know, high high level mm-hmm. um, to replenish some of those funds that we use to do the facility enhancements. So, those are big things for us. You know additionally we've we've also tried to use uh you know creative ways here in uh, nc state to enhance uh current projects or events so for instance we've uh twice now applied for grants through the nc state foundation those specific grants uh, originally in 2017 to get furniture for our space so when we started it was uh tj willis uh you know, over in Campus Enterprises, T.J. is such a great guy. But when we moved into that space, I had literally a rolling chair I had a table with some caster wheels on it. And I had a filing cabinet. It was just Nick to his thoughts back there. I was actually still I was still borrowing uh, a computer from Wellness and Recreation at the time, too. So didn't have anything. Um, but. In uh, 2017, 2018, when we did that original grant, it allowed us to get computers for students to use, a printer set up. It allowed us to get furniture in the space so that it wasn't just kind of bare bones and what was in there before. Um, You know, and then last fast forward to this this last one this year, um, we went back to the grant for a collaborative project that I am on uh, working with some colleagues across campus and also in the community, some some notable alums on establishing a a garden, a veteran garden, veteran park, veteran memorial, whatever that title ends up being, um, on the court of North Carolina. So the scope of the project has already been laid out, and this grant's going to help fund, uh, you know, uh, landscaping, uh, movement of a light pole, so that we have a direct sight line to the bell tower, because again, that's part of the significance sure. of this space, is that It's hallowed ground already on the court of North Carolina because of the history of of what takes place or what did take place in that space. But what's kind of cool is there's a direct sight line from the area where this military garden is going to be, direct sight line to the bell tower, the memorial bell tower, as we we mentioned earlier, is a a memorial to those that were lost in World War I. Um, So we're putting some plaques in that space. We're doing kind of a scroll of honor. So we'll have a QR code on a bronze plaque with some some language there, um, letting people know what it is. But it'll be an active scroll, fluid scroll, which will be maintained on a website through my office, through Military and Veteran Services, that will honor all those that have been lost, that have served in the military, that have been lost, whether it's in active combat or training mm-hmm. um, while actively engaged in military uh, and have graduated from NC State. So that's really a cool project that I think... I'm proud of, at least be part of, in the the folks that we're working on, because that one's going to be a significant thing that's going to always have a lasting impact here on the campus and what it, you know, what it signifies. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So in addition to all of this, um, there are also direct scholarships that these students can take advantage of and apply for. Uh, Tell us a little bit about those and how they work. Here, at, here at the university, we have just shy
0: of twenty um, scholarships at the university, varying in different ranges, right, from five hundred dollars all the way up to full tuition. Um, that are military connected scholarships, and by military connected, I'm getting a little out of my realm of who I, you know, I shared that I serve. Mm-hmm. A few of them are ROTC specific as well. Um, but what I would tell you is that over the years, these scholarships have helped significantly to students. Um, a lot of them um, do go through an application process. So, in particular, the Lanning Green Scholarship and the Shirley and Carol Scott Scholarship, uh, or Carol and Shirley Scott, as I was, scholarship. These are two specifically that, that my office, I'm part of a team that review these scholarships each year to determine awards for the, for the students. Um, but a bunch of these are also need-based as well. But one in particular, and this is a recent one from last year, is Jerry and Pat Collier um, have uh, committed to the university sco- money for scholarships, future scholarships for students in engineering, specifically civil engineering, and then branching out to the other engineering majors. And this is going to be significant significant in the realm that it's going to give nearly 100 full paid tuition and fee scholarships to veterans that are attending NC State. This has not been seen anywhere in the country, which is in its own right pretty impressive. But I will also say this, that Jerry and Pat have a a current scholarship that's already here at the university that um, student veterans are able to apply for and get. Currently, Ethan Watson is on that scholarship. Um, so their impact and the love and the passion that they have for this demographic is second to none. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Jerry and Pat, you know, the, the opportunities that we get to spend with them is just being great human beings that they are. And, you know, the, the passion that they have for this population makes our job a lot easier and, and certainly much more enjoyable. And, you know, it's something I'm proud of as the director here to be able to, to help guide that along.
1: So we've talked about how people have already gotten involved with Jeffrey Wright Military and Veteran Services, but talk to listeners who maybe have not given before, but explain a little bit about why now is such a great time to get involved and the ongoing needs that we have.
0: We're always looking to do, uh, we we want to be ahead of the curve, right? So as we look at best practices around the country and things that we're doing, we don't look at best practices because we want to do what other schools are doing. We want to be, we want to serve our veterans that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so folks that are, they're willing to support and give to to military and veteran services goes back directly to the students through programming, through staffing. Uh, so I will say this, right? In twenty. See, i got to go back my time. 2022, so it was about a year ago. Okay. Um, we went through our program review, uh, which is probably an every five to eight year process where our program will have external and internal review team that will come in place. They'll peel back everything. Myself as a director... I wrote a comprehensive uh, Mm self-study. So again, um, trying the object of it, right, is to be transparent on what we've done so that we can figure out the best ways to move forward and kind of the next best steps. So from that report comes a series of recommendations, and that's the end goal, right? The reviewers provide you with some recommendations. A few of the recommendations looking at the national data show that here at NC State, the number of students that we serve, we're still low in terms of the number of full-time staff we have dedicated to serve this population. So, for instance, we have over 1,100 students that are currently, uh, this semester, this fall 2023 semester, are on uh, some chapter of veterans education benefits. The VA, the national recommendation, is that you have one professional staff, a certified official for every 200 200 uh, students on benefits Mm -hmm. we have two full-time okay so again you can see that would be 400 we'd have a gap of roughly 700 Mm -hmm. so those two are covering down So my point being is that gifts are going to help with programming and also for future needs when we talk about staffing Mm -hmm. And then also future expansion of maybe our current footprint, but also expanding the centennial campus. Okay, so again here at the university we're located on main campus a lot of our students are in engineering, so unless they're being intentional about getting on a or bike or transit, uh, getting on a bus or using transportation to get over to main campus, sure. They're probably not accessing outside of email connection a lot of our services and programs, Mm -hmm. right? So that would be the future strategic plan here when we're looking three to five years is how do we get a permanent footprint on Centennial outside of what we're currently doing with just office hours once a week, Mm -hmm. right? Getting a staff member and getting permanent hours over here. Um, And then lastly... Um, In terms of the giving, right now we have our Enhancement Fund that we have set up, those current use funds that's at the discretion of myself and our team. Um, Those are good because there's not a lot of restrictions on it, meaning that we can do a lot of community outreach events. easily and quickly. So I think that's one of the strengths of our department. So for instance, we're doing a a partnership with Raleigh Vet Connect, which is a group of veterans that come together. It's just an informal networking. We're gonna set it up at Lonnie Pool, and we scheduled that one month out from the date it's gonna happen. And we can do things that quick to the benefit of our students. So on money, and then lastly, I would say time. Um, Our alumni association, we have a veteran alumni network so a lot of this group, giving back, I'll say it again, is the networking aspect is, is huge. Mm-hmm. So alumni, veteran, or friends of, of the program, if they have opportunities or know of opportunities or just want to give back time for programs and just hang out with veterans, we have a lot of different programs throughout the year where this type of, in, in you know, kind of organic engagement type things can happen naturally.
1: Um, so if they're willing to give back time, we'd always love to have them. Sounds great. Thanks so much for being here today, Nick, and just for all that you're doing for our university. It's, uh, it's been really exciting to hear all that's changed in the last few years and then to hear about, too, all the big things that are coming up soon. Uh, just really exciting and, and really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, Taylor. I, I do appreciate the comments and I definitely appreciate the time. Uh, any opportunity to get the word out about what we do is something we're passionate about, so I'm glad we could do it. Thanks so much.
1: To learn more about the Jeffrey Wright Military and Veterans Services and how you can help further its invaluable mission, please visit veterans.ncsu.edu. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening. And as always, Go Pack!